1: I am Mike Kadlick, joined, as always, by my co-host Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub. Uh, We're on a little bit of a funky schedule here with the Patriots playing last Thursday, now not playing until next Monday. Uh, We're going to preview Patriots Cardinals on Thursday, so uh, with the extra episode in here, we're going to do a full live Q&A. So everyone watching, drop those questions into the chat. Um, Patriots related, if you want to, some college football related. We'll do a college football minute later. We'll get to all that as well. Um, but so, yeah, drop those questions in the chat. And uh, as those questions start to come in, uh, we'll touch on uh, some Patriots news came down today, uh, a bunch of it. Uh, starting out with the probably the most uh, notable piece of news was that uh, it sounds like Patriots versus uh, Raiders in two weeks was officially flexed out for Commander's Giants. Commander's- it's a sneaky good game. People are making fun guess, of it. It's a sneaky good game. It's a good game, but it's like – a team who didn't even have a name last year is taking over the Patriots on primetime. That's when you know you've hit a new low.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's as much about the Raiders as it is about the Patriots, but it's, you know, this should have been a big game. This should have been two teams that I don't think realistically people were counting on these two teams winning their divisions, but these should have been two teams that were in the middle of the wild card race. And maybe this was for, you know, seeding, definitely for a playoff spot. It should have been that kind of game. And, Maybe the Raiders are climbing their way back in here a little bit. I think it's going to be they, – they've played well lately. I think it's going to be too little, too late for this year. I think they're kind yeah. of putting things together for, for next year right now. But, yeah, really an indictment uh, on on both sides. And, look, the, the NFL clearly wanted Bill's Dolphins Saturday night. It's not a great right. slate. But, yeah, Gi- Giants-Commanders is a better game than Patriots-Raiders. It just is.
1: Yeah, it is. Again, they, they played to a tie yesterday, um, which I saw some uh, – some pushback on Brian day sort of playing for a tie there and overtime, but it also seemed like the commanders did the exact same thing when they got the they ball back played for a tie. It was it really was gross. Awful. Yeah, it was, I, I don't like ties. I'm not a tie person at all. Um, I just think that it, it's stupid. I don't know if you saw, uh, who was the, one of the linemen said something about, you know, it was a an absurd analogy about kissing your sister is the like kissing a your sister it, thing. Yeah. It's just get it all out of there. We don't need any of that nonsense. Um, but, so, yeah, uh, Patriots Raiders flexed out uh, of next Sunday. So they'll play at 4 5 uh, The other piece of Patriots news, uh, Patriots-ish news, I guess, uh, former wide receiver Dion Branch, who is currently the Louisville Director of Player Development, um, is going to be their interim head coach in their bowl game uh, at Fenway Park in Boston uh, coming up on December 17th. So uh, the Louisville, I thought this was interesting, so the Louisville coach is leaving for Cincinnati. And they're playing yeah. them in their bowl game uh, on the 17th. So uh, Deion Branch gets a chance to shine uh, in for Louisville.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. And it's funny this happens while well, there's all this talk right now about the Patriots offensive coaching staff. Yeah. The AD at Louisville, whose name I can't remember, uh, but when they introduced Branch today, said that Branch doesn't have any head coaching uh, aspirations. He's not in consideration for the Louisville job. So... I know where people want to go, like their brains want to go, right? It's like, oh, if if Deion Branch wins the Fenway Bowl, and by the way, it's funny that that game is here in Boston. Right. There's a lot of coincidences in this one. Uh, it kind of made, you know, Matrix glitched here. It's perfect. I know there's a lot of people that that they want to go to the Fenway Bowl and they want to be there at 11 a.m. and watch Louisville take Cincinnati up and down the field offensively. And then, you know, the game ends and Deion Branch is named the <laughs> Patriots' next offensive coordinator. I know a yeah. lot of people want that to happen. Uh, I'm interested to see what Dion's going to look like as a coach. It's not to say Dion's not going to be a good coach. Uh, He has coached at the high school level, so he's. It's not like he's never done it. Um, I'm interested to see what it looks like, but it doesn't sound like he's looking to make the leap into coaching at least right now. So, right, it'll be fun Uh, to watch, though. It'll be a fun game to watch.
1: Yeah, it's something they sort of uh, they do this, at least on the college level. They do it a lot, bringing in you know like Cadillac Williams was the um, the Auburn interim head coach. Now they're doing it with Dion. The Colts just did it with just Saturday. the Colts, yeah, that they're all a little different.
0: Cadillac was right. on the Auburn staff. Sure. At least Dion Branch had a title with the team. Um, Saturday yeah, is different. You, yeah. you do kind of see that now, yeah.
1: Yeah, they give the guys a shot. Um So, yeah, that's that. Dion Branch, uh, congratulations to you. And finally, the Patriots made a roster move th- this afternoon, signing uh defensive back Quandre Mosley to the practice squad. Alex, what do you have on Mosley?
0: Yeah, so he's a guy I actually identified during the pre-draft process as, as a player who might make sense here. Two-year D1 player, transferred from Juco. Really wasn't on anybody's radars until the Kentucky Pro Day. wasn't even at the Combine, but he, and, and Kentucky had a really good class, you know, really good draft class last year, and, and he just blew up the Pro Day, ran a 4 3 40 uh, Played some safety, some corner, was mainly a a player in the kicking game for them. So, I mean, you see a guy like that, great athlete, transfer, you know, was viewed as a leader in that locker room there his senior year, has played a lot in the kicking game, like just kind of screamed Patriot. He ended up going undrafted. He would have been redundant to Brennan Schooler. Like that's kind of my read on it was they chose, you know, they wanted to sign a guy like that and Schooler was the guy they went with. Uh, He's been – Mosley's ended up he he signed, he was in camp with somebody. He's played for like three or four teams this year. So he's been around. But um yeah, if he gets elevated, we'll see him in the kicking game. But just the guy's a really good raw athlete and, and a good locker room guy.
1: Yeah. So like you said, yeah, um, locker room guy, special teamer. Uh don't see any fit for him in the defensive backfield barring injury. Uh, but again, Patriots make a move. We talk about all of them here on Patriots beat. So let's right. get into some QA. Um The first one right here I want to bring up uh, because it kind of goes along with some Patriots news that came in this morning as well with Bill Belichick uh, on the radio saying that the Patriots will not be making an offensive coordinator move during the season. He didn't say they won't do it in the offseason, but he did say they won't do it this season. They're going to just stick to their guns and go forward. But uh, do you think the Patriots will change offensive coordinators in the offseason? Do you think they go for a wide receiver one or a right tackle in the offseason? These are three positions where I feel like we're always – we've said this for – three, four years in the offseason, are they going to do this? Do they do it this year?
0: So, offense coordinator, they ha- I mean, they have, have to. to. They can't possibly, you know, I, I get what Bill's saying about doing it during the regular season maybe isn't the best way to do it. And, right. and I I said this after the Bears game, everybody wanted him gone. And I said, look, he's probably not the long-term answer, but it's, it's too much change all at once. I don't necessarily feel that way anymore. I think at this point, one way or the other, it's chaotic. So, you might as well right. get the guy – if not out of the building, at least out of the meeting room, I don't know that they'd like, I, I think Matt Patricia is going to be here next year. Cause
1: Bill likes him. I think Oh, he has just... a job for life here, whether right. it's upstairs it's, or downstairs, it's going to be upstairs
0: go again. Anymore. He'll, they'll yeah. just get rid of the offensive line and offensive coordinator part. And he'll just be the director of football research or whatever. Or right. Assistant to the head coach or whatever the hell that, that, that first title is that he has, but um, there's no way they can do their end of season audit and look at this and say that worked. Right. Right. And, I guess the one thing I look at is, I mean, look at Steve, right? Steve Belichick, where we went through this with him a couple of years ago. He's not ready. Why does he have this job? He's actually pretty good at this now. Like he's and yeah. Gerard Mayo, obviously is a big part of that. The two of them working together, but you know, will they look at Matt Patricia? Like they looked at Steve and say, well, maybe he wasn't ready when we got him the job, but he'll learn on the job and get oh, better. God. I, I, I it's it to me, it's apples and oranges. Like yeah. I don't think that would happen, right? Steve Belichick grew up with defense. He he was a safeties coach before they turned it over to him. Obviously, you know, in, in meetings with his dad and stuff like that. I believe he played safety at Rutgers. Like, what, like yeah. he's a defensive-minded guy. He probably did get promoted too soon, but it's there the logical conclusion was him eventually ending up in that job, right? He was on right. track for that job he maybe skipped a step. Matt Patricia was never on track for this job. He didn't even skip the steps. He skipped he on like a, 10 you know, steps, yeah. <laughs> right, he was on a completely different street. So that's the one thing I'm worried about. Like, will they look at it like that? I don't, uh, like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No. But short of that, yes, new OC, absolutely. Uh, wide receiver one, I, I, I think these are the two big things, right? You know, you've got to go out and you've got to get that. We're seeing it every week now. What a guy like Jamar Chase, what a guy like Tyree Kill, what a guy like A.J. Brown does for a young quarterback. Yep, We're seeing that all over the league, whether it's Jerry Judy, whether it's moving up in the draft to get a guy like Jordan Addison. Uh, you know, maybe Jackson. Devontae, who? Jackson Smith and Jigba. Jackson Zuhai. Smith. Uh, I worry about him with the injuries. Uh, yeah, that's true. You know, maybe Devontae Smith isn't happy with how much he's getting the ball in Philly. You reunite him with Mac Jones, like whatever it is. That's an answer. So here's the thing, though. If we're going to rank these three things in terms of what they need the most, O.C.'s number one, I would actually put right tackle or just tackle. I I think Trent can play either side. Uh, We'll just call it
1: tackle for now. I'd actually go tackle two wide receiver three because— I'm going to push back on that after you go. Yeah. No, what were about, Trent? no just about the rankings so you okay tell so, me why, so I'll, just, I'll make I'm the point flipping and... wide receiver and right tack okay Go ahead. I just think like you just
0: used a top 50 pick on Taekwo Thornton. you still have Devonte Parker who's been a thousand yard guy under contract you still have these two tight ends I've said it before and I'll say it again I love the depth they have in terms of pass catchers I really do and I find it tough to judge anybody on this offense on this season because of what's going on with the offense coordinator right sure that's not to say that they that I would be against them going out and adding that guy, or, or I mean, they should pursue it. But in terms of what is the biggest, if, if they go into next year with a new receiver, but no, you know, the tackle position isn't adjusted, the receiver's not going to matter. Max still isn't going to have time. You're going to need an absolute whiz kid of an OC to figure that out. You know, they have enough in the passing game. I don't think they have, like, they have what they need. I don't think they have any more than what they need. Like it's the bare minimum what they need, but I think they have enough to be a, you know, look, they were top 10 offense last year, Right. right? They were top 10 offense last year and they upgraded Nikhil Harry to Devontae Parker and they added a top 50 pick in Tyquan Thornton. So again, I'm all for adding the big name wide receiver. I'm all for it. But you know, if it comes down to their sitting on the board there and it's trade that first round pick for Jerry Judy, or take a tackle who they're sure is like a, a for sure lock franchise tackle, Matt Light, Nate Solder type, you have to take the tackle. You have to because it's bad right now. It's ugly. They can't get it blocked. Trent Brown has taken a step back. Isaiah Wynn, I think, I mean, he's hurt right now. I think he's still going to be benched when he gets back. There's right. nobody else beyond. They don't have enough tackles to fill out the roster. We saw them putting James Ferentz at left tackle in warm-ups the other day. That in terms of position, I still put OC number one. But tackle is absolutely one hundred percent the biggest need positionally. And again, I'm not against the wide receiver thing. I I think there's absolutely an argument for it, but I put it's a high third, but I So the pushback I I
1: have is compare it to the Bengals of two years ago, right? Yeah. Because the their thought process, so it seemed from the outside looking in, was do we take Jamar Chase or do we take a guy like Panay Sewell? And what they did was they took their guy in Jamar Chase, and then they made smaller incremental changes to their line from there. They still didn't have a great offensive line, and they still had a hard time protecting Barrow last year. But they brought in Jamar Chase, and they made it to the freaking Super Bowl the following year, even with a banged-up O-line. I know the Patriots' O-line situation is probably worse than Cincinnati's right now, but do you remember that meme where it was it was Burrow throwing the ball over a line to the guy Chase, and it yeah. was if they do whatever it seemed to work even with the banged up O-line because you at least had a guy who you could rely on playing and play out. And Mac doesn't really have that right now. Sure. You have Jacoby who's a security blanket, but he's not a big play machine. And if you looked like a guy, you look to a guy like Tyquan Thornton, we'll get to it in the next question I have coming up, but they used Marcus Jones instead of him last week as the, as the yeah. playmaker. I know it's year one, but like, I just, I think that you need in this league, the way it's played right now, you look at all the examples, you look at the AJ Browns and the Tyree kills and, uh, Stefan Diggs with Josh Allen. And it's like, they need that guy right now more so than they need a bolstered offensive line. They can make small adjustments. They can move guys around. They have guys in the pipeline and it's, it's not to say that you can't go get the big splash and then sign, you know, make smaller moves. So right. I think that's the way to go right now.
0: I just, I mean, they still have Ramondre Stevenson, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're still going to run th- they, with their offenses. I just, they need the tackle. I, I just really think they need the tackle for, Things to operate correctly. Um, team, I, 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 I know it. I know it worked with Burrow and Chase, but that team also they had a lot of talent, right? There, there was a. It was. It was really everything but the offensive line. They were set. I. I like, and it was st- like we were still talking about the offensive line, right? They maybe got further. They maybe could have won that Super Bowl if they had a better offensive line. So I, I still think it's the tackle ahead of the wide receiver, but it is close. It is
1: close. It is close. online remains your number one source for all your sports betting for football and basketball this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Always your continued source for sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf games and events. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Again, so let's uh, let's go. Like we said, the, the yeah. title of the show is Rapid Fire, so let's keep it moving here. And uh, like I was saying about Marcus Jones, you think he could get more practice on offense, make his way into a slot? Fast, shifty guy has heart. He's a great team guy. I want to say what I just said originally was that. You already have the guy who you want to see shifting this out of in Tyquan Thornton. Just use him and save Market Jones for the defensive reps he's getting and the special teams because he is he is very valuable. He is very fast, but if he's playing on all three sides of the of the ball, he's gonna get he's you know, um, he's prone to more injury. He uh, again he's good. He made plays, but get Tyquan Thornton the ball.
0: Look, I, I don't hate it. When they drafted him, I said that this should be a thing. He played wide receiver no, in college. He's, like, right, he's used course. to it. And I don't hate having a package for him. I really don't. I'd love to see plays where it's him and Tyquan on the field, along with Nelson Aguilar, because there's not a defense in the league that has the speed to keep up with all those guys. So I think he'll stay involved. I agree with you. If you're really just looking for raw speed on your offense, it should be Tyquan Thornton. And this goes right. back to the offensive coordinator that he can't figure that out. And they have to go to this gadget thing. But, you know, I I feel like you're hearing people say, oh, convert it into a wide receiver. Oh, no, No. he can't. Like, just give him a couple plays on offense. Nobody's asking him to be the NFL Shohei Otani. But having a package that he can come in that's something the defense has to be ready for isn't necessarily going to ruin him as a corner. Especially when right now they're still playing Miles Bryant over him. You know, right. maybe down the road, if he becomes like a true number one corner, yeah, you don't want. If he becomes like an all pro caliber corner, you don't want to risk him on offense. I totally get that. Right. But for now, why not? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed to a package or two. I'm, I'm,
1: I'm really not. I, I like this one. All right, one game for your life. 2022 Cam Newton Patriots offense or 2020 Patriots offense. Uh, you I have McDaniels gotta... calling plays for Cam, but you have yeah. Patricia calling plays for Mac.
0: I might have to go 2020 just because at least you know what you're getting, right? The 2022 is so all over the board. Right. That's a tough one. It's it, a it, tough one. This you is gonna be a fun either. debate we're gonna have all year. Yeah. Can I drop a question here real quick? Go ahead. Go for it. I've seen a lot of people ask this. Is it worth going to the playoff? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because people seem to act like the two options are like make the playoffs, or like if you don't, you get a top five pick they're not picking in the top 5. They're not picking in the top 10. Okay? Right. If they don't make the play playoffs, they're going to be just outside. They're going to be picking like I don't know 5th, like 15, 16, 17. You make the playoffs, it's 18 or 19. They're also going to trade down anyway. Right. So, they're not going to take that really top matter, 20 prospect but- that you want. <laughs> You you need to stay. The Patriots are projected to have the third most cap space in the league this you know this upcoming offseason. You need to prove you're still an attractive option for free agents right now. That's really not the case. They can do a lot to reverse that between now and the time free agency starts. And one of those things is playing in a playoff game, getting some national exposure. It's never ever a bad idea to make the playoffs. It it like right. Oh well, the draft pick. If you're picking high enough that it makes a difference, you were never going to make. The playoffs in the first place. There's no lottery in the NFL. It's not like they get an outside shot. This draft class is relatively deep. We need to stop with this nonsense of like, oh, what are they doing? Why are they trying to make the playoffs? Just please, you sound like idiots. Please
1: stop doing that. Right when you're on that when you're on that fringe, it's worth trying to make the playoffs, or it's not. The the 15th pick compared to the 17th pick, 18th pick, whatever you call it, is rarely that much of a difference. You see it if you go back. You you can you can try and prove me wrong there, and you probably will, but. You get the gist where Casario had talked about. There's like, there's pockets of players. That's the same pocket of player is trying versus not trying to get into the playoffs. when you're right on the fringe.
0: Right. And I'll, I'm trying to pull up the trade chart right now. I can, I can literally tell you what the difference is. I think, is this it? Yeah, this is it. I can literally tell you what the difference is. So the, what are we saying? 15 and call it 19. Call it 19. All right. So the 15th pick in the draft is worth three is worth three. 115. The 19th pick in the draft is worth 278. So 315 minus 278 is so 37. So if there's a player you absolutely have to have, right? Absolutely have to have. Cost a fourth round pick. If you right. need to get from 19 to 15, it's 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 19 and a fourth round pick for 15. Is is so you're essentially the argument here in not making the playoffs is. A fourth-round pick. It is worth saving a fourth-round pick to not make the playoffs. And for all the crap everybody gives this team about caring too much about late-round picks, you're all doing it way more than they ever did. Don't make the playoffs because of the draft pick. It's a fourth-round pick you are
1: giving up the postseason for. Just know that if you're going to make that argument because you sound stupid. And as much as I am down on this Patriots team and I've talked about it ad nauseum, anything can happen once you get there. Oh, yeah yeah injury you know mac has a game things hit the right way you could you could fall backwards into the afc championship game and then anything i else. mean look so
0: at the it, Bengals. the Bengals kind of exactly. limped in last year and then they made right. the super bowl and and now they're this destination and all of that right. so yeah i i plus you really want the jets to get in if it's not you it's probably <laughs> right. the jets don't
1: subject us to having to watch the jets in the playoffs exactly um let's see i'm um firing through these questions here let's find something good if you have something you can pull it up as well but here's a good one uh, okay has josh uche arrived seems so yeah. i mean yeah he's been a guy he's been a guy who when he st- when he got here was looked at was he a second or third round pick third
0: Was he late second early third it was right on that fringe
1: but he's a guy who, who they went brought first
0: in. him or jennings because they drafted him back to back the first one was a second round pick Uche was, sec- he was the second-to-last pick in the second round.
1: Okay, so again, a guy who was a second-round pick, um, who was kind of expected to come in here and make noise, and he really hasn't until this year. Um, but he has been very reliable as, you know, uh, the other side of a dominant pass rusher, right? Because you have, you know, your two bookends, and the in theory, you put your stronger tackle on Judon and your weaker one on Uche. And he's taken full advantage of that this year, and he looks awesome. What's he have, like five, five, six sacks now? I mean, he's yeah, Whatever it is. He's rolling. Yeah, he's rolling. Yeah,
0: I have I think he's finally healthy. I think they have finally figured out kind of a role he succeeds in. Look, a big part of it's Matthew Judon, right? Drawing all of that course, attention. Right. But this is what we talked about in the offseason. The guy on that other side doesn't need to be an all-pro. He just needs to be good enough to win one-on-one on a regular basis, which Josh Uche is doing right now. So, yeah, I mean, he's been, you know, arrived in the extent that I don't know that he's going to be a pro Bowler this year or anything, but – this level of play from him is—is is, this is the guy they drafted him to be? I, I think they drafted him to be that secondary pass rusher. I think they, you know, maybe not Matthew Judon, but I think they always knew that they were going to go out and they saw they had that money on the books. Go get that elite guy on the other side, and he is. This is the role we've been penciling him in for for three years. Is that right. secondary pass rusher on the strong side, and he's finally really kind of coming into it in that role this year.
1: Right. Here's a quick one that I just. Cameron right here is Montgomery gonna play this year um I say no again we've talked about he went out with an ankle it ended up being a shoulder uh they also gave his number to Tristan Vizcaino who now wears number 14 I know that Visciano. it's not going to come down to you know jersey number whether they bring a guy back or not obviously but uh it seems like Ty Montgomery's time this year with the Patriots is all but finished would you tend to agree uh well Bill, Bill told us he's not playing again this year so yeah perfect so there you go um yeah I just had one and now I can't find it regarding Where's the playoffs. Uh the fullback. Okay. So is it important to go back to the fullback? Is there any interesting free agent fullbacks out there? I don't know about the free agent market, but I mean, Jakob Johnson went to, um, went to Vegas with Josh McDaniels again. Their offense hasn't been great this year either, but I don't really know how or in what fashion you could all of a sudden just plug and play a fullback into this offense. Um, I think that's going to be more of an off-season thing, just like the offensive coordinator, because clearly they went away from it this season. So you can't right. just say, okay, you know, yank the second tight end and put the fullback in the backfield. That's a little bit more complex than that. So, uh, but I don't know. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, it, 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 it like you said, it's an off-season thing. Jacob Johnson's actually on a one-year deal. Uh, right. I, I don't know who else is free. I haven't gotten that far ahead, but we will be talking about fullbacks a lot this off-season. They absolutely need to go. They need to go back to their offense, they run right. this a version of, like everybody said, okay, well you got to change the offense with Brady, not here. There's definitely a level of truth to that. Most certainly a level of truth to that, but you can still run the, like what they're doing is so completely different than anything they've ever done. Go back. You know, they should have kept the base of what they were doing with Brady. and They haven't right. done that.
1: Hopefully they go back to it and going back to that means going back to having a fullback. Right. Um, before we get back to our questions. Let's quickly talk about our new sponsor here on the show, Rocket Money. Rocket Money. Did you know, Alex, that, uh, do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? I'm going to guess you don't. Um, I'm sure you have a bunch of them, whether it's ESPN Plus or Hulu, Netflix, etc. Um, but nearly 80% of people uh, have subscri- have subscriptions that they completely forget about. Most Americans, in fact, spend more spend, think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when really it's closer to $200 or more. It could be you know that unused Amazon Prime account, a Hulu account that never gets streamed, but they're literally draining your bank account. You could be wasting, like I said, hundreds of dollars each month on, on subscriptions that you don't even know about. I don't do that, Alex, because there's this app I love and use, and it's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. The app shows you all your subscriptions all in one place and then cancels whatever you want, whatever you still don't want. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out you've been double charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press cancel, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Get, ready to, get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash Seriously, it could save you hundreds of dollars per year. That's rocketmoney.com beat. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com beat. You can see it in the lower third there on the screen, rocketmoney.com beat. You'll save hundreds of dollars to cancel all your unnecessary subscriptions right now. Back to Q's. Let's see what we got here. I think the Pats really will bring good. back Mack Wilson, Alex. I know they sort of went for that speed at linebacker. It seemed to work out decently for them, but I don't know. What do you think of the run going forward?
0: i like to see it. I would. I, I don't think he's a player that will be very expensive. You know, from what I right. can tell, I think he's enjoying his experience here. That, that linebacker room is really close-knit. Certainly a role for him in this defense. I'd like to see them make an external addition to the room. You know, a big external addition unlike they, they did last year, but I think he's a guy to keep around. I, I would not be now. Look, if somebody's going to give him big money, what I'm not paying him big money, but right. You know, you look at how they've kept guys in the past. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like Ray McMillan, right? Like Ray McMillan last year, how they kept him around. They just kept Jelani to around. Like if you, you can get him back for Jelani to money, Absolutely no brainer. Right. yeah you no know, I think CNC. there's value in that athleticism at the position. I'm not sure how much more he can comm- I don't know if he commands more than that you know I, I think it's about that it might even be less so very short money probably not a guy that you know you're gonna need to guarantee anything to. so if you get to camp and he kind of falls out of the depth chart whatever right yeah right i i, I uh I think he's the kind of guy they bring back and I'd like to see him bring back
1: how about? Jacoby Myers. Uh, we were talking about this the other day, in fact. Um, what do you think his contract looks like? Because he's a guy who's clearly showing out in his contract here, and he's going to come in a bag wherever he goes. Um, he's someone who is clearly important to this offense, so in theory he deserves it here. But you know Belichick's not going to want to give him market value. So what do you think a contract looks like, and do you think the Patriots go for it?
0: Yeah, so I... I mean, would I'm pulling Christian Kirk's here for 72 million over four years. Right. I'm Jacoby Myers. I'm not taking a dime less than that.
1: Exactly. I'm not taking a
0: dime less than that. I, I, I you know, I'm starting at 475, maybe going up to 480. There are teams that are going to want him. I, um, and then on top of that, it's a good year for slot receivers in the draft. I don't know if you watched the uh, Big Ten Championship, Charlie, right. uh, Charlie Jones, like, yep. They were laying it on a little heavy with the he reminds you of Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola, and and who else did he say? And uh, it wasn't Hogan. Wes Welker. Wes 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 Welker. Wes Welker, yep. And it's like, all right, you're laying it on a little strong, but they're they're not in the wrong. Honestly, the guy he reminds me of a ton, you you just read his scouting report, is Jacoby Myers. Right. Like, I watch him, and I see Jacoby Myers, and Purdue uses him just like the Patriots use Jacoby Myers. He's projected to be a third-round pick. The old school Patriots, this is what they would do. They would let Jacoby walk and and go and draft Charlie Jones. So I I think they'll offer him something. You know, I don't think he's a guy that they right. don't want back, but he's gonna have a big market. He's gonna have a big market. And I don't know that they're interested in playing in that market. The other thing is if you are gonna go out and get, you know, a Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, Jordan Addison type of player. If you do want to go out and get that true legitimate number one weapon threat, you need space for him on the field. Right. And my, you know, you're gonna. So if you bring back Myers, Parker's still here. You're gonna sit Devonte Parker after invest. No, you're not gonna sit him. Right. He's do good. Um, like maybe you let Agler walk, but Agler's not playing that much right now anyway. You got to give Tyquan Thornton room. You're not gonna move on from Tyquan Thornton a year after investing the 50th overall pick in him. Right. So, yeah, I, you know. It's a weird room going it makes forward. football. It, it, it makes, there's a football, there are football reasons why you would move on from Jacoby Myers. It's not an easy decision to make, but right. I think at the end of the day, I, I hate using this cliche, it might end
1: up being what's best for the team. Okay. Again, that's something where I look at it, right? And you look at the guys who've, they've let walk, but then they bring in another guy, like a Malcolm right. Butler walks, but they brought in. Yeah, Steph Gilmore. I think that I don't know if those yeah. were the same offseason, different offseason. Esa-
0: essentially, that's what happened. They were together here back- for a year, but they signed Steph knowing they weren't paying Malcolm Buffett.
1: Right. And, but or, then also,
0: Malcolm Ball, or, or Steph Gilmore, J.C. Jackson.
1: Like in, exactly. Like, right. They did those back to back. But then there's also, I'm trying to think of examples of guys who who were due for a contract and they actually brought them back at, at like a market value. Like you look at, I think McCordy might have happened once and maybe like Dante Hightower. McCourty,
0: Hightower, um, Shaq Mason, they paid. Okay, yep. You know, when he was a free, you know, they extended him before he hit the open market. James White got a contract from them. Um, it's ha- It doesn't happen a lot. It's it happened. Happen it doesn't happen him, a yeah.
1: lot. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Again, worth the money, might not fit depending on where they want to go. Um, here's yeah. a question specific to you, and I know that we'll do this all off season, and yeah. eventually you guys might ask them to me as well. But we know Alex is the draft guru right now, so uh, should we do whatever necessary to get Paris Johnson in the draft? Is he our offensive line solution? So
0: I, I will see what happens. A couple of guys have actually announced they're going back to school, which so the board still, uh, the board is still it hasn't been set yet, right? Right. That being said, I like this tackle class. Mm -hmm. Paris Johnson's a good player, and he's projected to go right around that. You know. 15 to 20 range. We're talking about the Patriots playoff or not. I'd love them. They can get them. I don't know that you need to sell out to get Paris Johnson because I just, I like some of the depth here. Uh, I like Broderick Jones and here we go with the Jones. I just really, I didn't even mean to do this. I gave you Charlie Jones. I gave you Broderick Jones. I'm going to say the guy I really like for them. And it's a bit of a trend breaker for them to draft a guy like this, but I don't think it's totally out of the possibility, especially after they had a trend breaking draft last year. It's actually not Paris Johnson, but the guy, Ohio State's other tackle, a guy named Dewan Jones. And, and, yes, it's three Jones. Jones, Jones, keep, Jones up, yep. keep up with the Jones. Yep. Dewan Jones, He he's also played both sides, like Paris Johnson has. He's pretty athletic for his size. And when I say his size, he's 6'8", 380. Holy. And he's not, like, immobile. You know, he's right. not going to win any foot races. But the guy who he reminds me of at least, you know, when he got to New England is Trent Brown. Mm-hmm. He looks a lot like Trent Brown did after that season in San Francisco when he came to New England. So can they duplicate what they had with Trent Brown? Because I'll tell you this. You put Dewan Jones next to Michael Owen, who on that right side, you're going to run for eight yards of carry you Right. Know, that's in the, in the B gap on the right side. Like nobody's moving them. Nobody. So if Paris Johnson's there on the board, I'll, I'd take him. I would add like great pick. Great pick, nailed it, A-plus, move on. But, you know, are you going to give up premium draft assets to move up? We still have a long way to go. Don't hold me to this. There's still a lot of studying to do. But the way it's kind of initially lining up right now, this might be a thing where there are first-round caliber tackles or even top-15 caliber tackles going at the end of the first round. Right. And... The, the gap between Paris, like I don't think the gap between Paris Johnson and Dewan Jones is all that big. I think that can be closed with coaching and, and, and things like that. And and I you know I trust them to coach up offensive linemen. They've always done it very well, even still without Dante Scarnecchia, So I it's I, I don't know that they need a totally sellout to get a guy like Paris Johnson
1: is essentially what right. I'm saying. I, I feel as you. things
0: stand right now they can change.
1: Right. Again five games left. So speaking of which is yeah. the Raiders the only win left on the Patriots schedule? I don't know how you feel about going through win-loss, win-loss, like your guys at Felgramaz at the Hub. Um, if you don't want to do it, I certainly will. Um, All right. But, but No, let's go for it. Okay, Arizona. That's a win.
0: I, I, I Yeah, they should beat the Cardinals. That team is also
1: just an absolute mess. Right. Um, I, I'm not too sure the Raiders are a win right now. They've won, what, three in a row? They yeah,
0: look, they're,
1: they're kind of rolling. They're rolling. They're at home. Um, Patriots will be on a short week yet again to travel to Vegas. That's not a definite W. Um,
0: No.
1: I'll call it a win, but it's not certain. What do you think? It's a toss-up. It's a toss-up. I'd call it
0: a toss-up. Yeah, they're going to have to play a good game. They're going to have to show up.
1: Then they come home for Cincy. I think Cincy's rolling. I don't think they're going to get That team is –
0: that might be the hottest team in football right now. Yeah,
1: they're doing the same thing they did last year. Um, Miami Week 17 – I think it's a, that's a toss up still too. I think at Gillette Stadium, depending yeah. on the weather, they're a team that um, they seem to be, you know, really good in the in the correct you know atmosphere. But once they hit a little bit of hardship, even like you saw yesterday against San Fran with Brock freaking Party on the other sideline, they kind of um, exposed themselves a little bit. I'd say. I mean, they still played fine, but that's a. Having said that, that's a game I think the Patriots can win. I I still. Do that as a toss up.
0: I, I look.
1: I think you know. I I,
0: I kind of put it in the same vein as the Raiders game, and I know that right. sounds weird because the Dolphins are a better team than the Raiders. But right. you look at some of the external circumstances, the matchup, things like that. Like I think both of those games are coin flips. So yeah. right now we have them what one, one and two.
1: Yeah. And then at Buffalo, they're not going to beat Buffalo. They can't beat Buffalo again.
0: I mean, that could be a thing where Buffalo has everything locked up and they
1: sit everybody. If Case is right. playing, then it's a toss-up, even in my opinion. So it's the like-
0: question becomes, Sean McDermott really doesn't like Bill Belichick, like really right. doesn't like him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If the Bills have everything locked up and the Patriots needed to get into the playoffs, is Sean McDermott dumb enough to put all his guys out there for the full game? Right. That's what that comes down like. Remember, like, okay, a couple of years ago, uh, uh, was it 16 or 18 when they played Buffalo? It was 16 because Jimmy played. They yeah, played okay. Buffalo in week 17 and Brady played the first half and they were just kind of like dogging it for the first half. And then Stidham yeah. came in and they lost, but like it literally didn't impact the standings at all. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. That could, and, and it sucks because if you don't include that game, they have like this insane winning streak and all that. Like maybe we can, maybe the Patriots win. The last week this year because Buffalo says everybody we can just agree to trade those games maybe that happens
1: right yeah we'll see but again so to answer this question no that is definitely not their only win it might even not. be a loss and uh, again I,
0: I like is there a world where it ends up their only win absolutely
1: sure the Patriots but I
0: don't think it will I, be
1: yeah I said it before the Buffalo game I think the Pats are a team that can beat anyone or lose to anyone I, I don't think they can beat the top tier anymore but they can certainly lose to anyone so again we'll see yeah. how it goes yeah um, this is a funny one. Did you see Nikhil's yearly deep catch and limp off the field for the Bears yesterday? Nikhil Harry making plays for Justin Fields yesterday. Alex hey, Barth.
0: throwing your big wide receiver, a back shoulder pass, and one-on-one coverage, what a concept. I How mean, many times did they throw him that ball here?
1: Right. And it's yeah, I hurt. He, I mean, yeah, but. Of course he got hurt. It happened last year against Indy. They threw them that one deep yeah. ball. He goes up and makes a catch, and he limps off. Um Let's see, what do we got, folks? Bring in the questions. Um, I mean, do we need it?
0: If you want, to, if you guys want to do draft questions too, just drop the drop throw the draft anything in here. Just, yeah. yeah,
1: do, do we, we need, need a new I, guard?
0: I hope not. Um, right. <laughs> I wouldn't hate them if they want to go in the draft in like the fifth or sixth round because Michael Owen is going to be in a contract year next year, he's another guy that's going to be very expensive. Right. If they don't think they're going to pay Onwenu and they want to get ahead of it in the draft and, and kind of get a developmental player to maybe replace Onwenu in 2024, I'm not opposed to it. But uh, as a starting guy, and actually, honestly, they need depth in general to position.
1: But so build off it. These your ideal yeah. starting offensive line in 23?
0: Okay. Um, Trent, I, I think Trent can turn it around. So and do I. he in a contract year, and he's been in his best in contract years. I think so. I'd go trend at left tackle, Cole Strange, keep it the same through the middle. Cole strange, yeah. David Andrews, Michael and Wenu, and then Dewan Jones, Paris Johnson, Peter Skaronsky, whoever the, the right tackle you draft in the first round.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. And, there. and ideally a guy
0: that I kind of like the Nate Solder model. Draft a guy who can play both sides. He's going to play right tackle this year. And then you move on from Trent and he becomes your long term left tackle. Like that's right. and, and even what they almost did with Isaiah win at one point. I would, um, I would go with that. You know, yeah, that 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 would be my. Yeah, idea I think so too. I think
1: Whether it's again, whether it's a, uh, it's a, it's a new right tackle is the answer. It's not. Yeah. It's not. It's not Marcus Cannon who comes off IR. He's going to probably retire. It's not Isaiah Wynn. Right. He's going to be gone somehow, some It's someone new. Whether it be a top end, bottom end, first, second round pick, it, it's something new at right tackle. But I agree yeah. with you. I think Trent can turn it around. Trent's a guy who he's very hit or miss he's very up and down and that's just kind of the player he is but when he's on he's on so it's almost sometimes it's worth the valleys uh so and
0: i guess I, I guess let me say this i'm kind of being realistic there right it's incredibly difficult to like like this is one of the hardest positions to add at not necessarily in terms of recognition it's actually one of the easier positions to scout but The investment it takes to add a legitimately good tackle, whether that be in draft picks, financial, or trade, whatever, these are some of the most expensive players in the league. Adding one tackle is like an off-season's worth of investments. Two is, I mean, that's it. That's that's pretty much your off-season. If you want to add two starting caliber tackles. So in a perfect world, you either sign and trade for one, and then you draft another, and you do move on from Trent. I just don't think that's realistic right now. I think you you hope Trent turns it or you know Isaiah you can't they can't bring back Isaiah when he doesn't want to be here he's quit you move on from him you address that spot you hope Trent gives you a serviceable contract here in 2023 and then you add another tackle in the 2024 season off season and now you're set for multiple years like that that's being realistic If we're just talking pie in the sky paid the top tackle and free agency and then try right. to tackle in the first trade round. for
1: trade for Jason Kelsey and moved. Like I, again, that's not, I'm messing around. Cause you like David Andrews here, but that's, right. that's the realistic offensive line is what you're right. saying.
0: Right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, they need to address both tackle spots, but to do so in the way they need to do it in one off season is next to
1: impossible. Right. So Bill said this morning on the radio that, um, they will not be changing the play caller. However, if they did, let's just do a hypothetical. Okay. Who do you think is the best person on staff to take over the play calling? Because you look at it, and I'll – Right now.
0: Yes. Best person on staff. Okay.
1: So, like, you have Joe Judge, who's the quarterback's coach, but then, again, that sort of seems like a hip pocket kind of thing where it's basically just going to be the same thing because I feel like he has his hands in there a little bit too. So then you have Kaylee and you have Troy Brown. Uh, What do you – What's? I mean, what's the best way to do it? What do you say?
0: I'd go Troy Brown. I, I don't think there's think a wrong answer to. between Troy Brown and Nick Kaley. I'd go right. Troy Brown, but they clearly like Nick Kaley, and maybe there's something there that we're just not privy to on the outside looking in. Sure. Either of those two guys. Just give them a shot for the rest of the year, and then if they're good at it, great. If not, you, we get to start talking about Bill O'Brien and, and all those options, but anybody but those two, man. Pretty much yeah. anybody but those two. It not be not those two being Brown and Kaley. Those two being the new guys, right?
1: You don't even want to say them by name. <laughs> They're Patricia just the new Judge. guys. <laughs> I, I
0: I just thought calling those
1: calling them those two would be a fun bit. But yeah, no. Yeah, the, the ones. Um. Right. Yeah, it's it's it can't be judged. It can't. I'd rather. Where do you put Belichick in that mix? What if he takes the play sheet? Would you rather him call it for success? I mean, I would rather see Brown or Kaylee call it. You know to line I guess, something up potentially in the future. But if you need to go get a win, where do you put Belichick in that?
0: I guess if we're talking about, like, you want to make a playoff run this season. Right. He's obviously up there. That's what I he's think. He's not going to, gonna, like, Mac Jones should outlast him in New England, in theory, right? I, I want to get oh, yeah. Mac Jones, his guy. Maybe it's, and maybe it's Nick Haley, right? Maybe it's Troy Brown. So let those guys, see if the chemistry's there, see if it works. I also just... Bill's done a great job with the defense this year. And I worry about what happened last year, right? Where Bill flipped back to the offense late in the year and the defense kind of imploded. I don't I Bill's got enough going on. Bill's got enough going on. Right. We, we, you know, I take him equally there in a bubble with Kaylee and Brown, but I don't want to take him away from the other things
1: he's doing right now. Right. Let's look big picture. I've seen this a few times. Um, Along the lines of, are we? Do we need to rebuild? Uh, tanking, whatever the case may be. But I thought this sort of you know outlines it pretty well. Are the Patriots on the verge of being multiple on on the verge of multi years being an average mediocre team, especially with the division getting better around them? Because like he's like like the like Charles Charles mentions here. Um, I mean the Bills are the best team in the AFC right now. The Dolphins are getting better. The Jets are competing. The Patriots aren't doing anything, and you look at the rest of the division as well you have the Chiefs you have the Bengals who I mean the Patriots are just moving slowly down that ladder and I just think I I personally think they're sort of stuck in purgatory right now whether and that's going to happen that's going to they're going to sit there until they make some serious changes on the offense um, and I don't know when that's going to happen but yeah I think I think there there's a chance that they they stick around here for some time
0: yeah, I so I I think they can get out of it. It's just a matter of do they want to. And I know that kind of right. sounds ridiculous, but you look at how fast the Bengals turned it around. You look at how fast the Dolphins turned it around. You look at how fast the Bills turned it around. Really, from twenty nineteen yeah. to twenty twenty, what what does all that have in common? They added a new offensive mind to the coaching staff. In the case right. of, uh, you know the the Bills, that was an OC and Brian Dayball. In the case of the Dolphins, it was a head coach and Mike McDaniel. Right. You know, all, you know, all three teams had elite wide receivers. They all did, did it in a year. Like it can be done. Right. They have to want to do it. They And, and by one, I mean, it takes some risks. It takes, you know, it's going to cost you in terms of picks, in terms of dollars, in terms of all of it. Right. But I, you know, I don't think Mac Jones is like some, I, I don't think Mac Jones is not an NFL quarterback. Mac right. Jones belongs. If, if Mac was out here looking just totally, if Mac was out here looking like Zach Wilson, I would say, yeah, you know, because they're going to have to go back in the quarterback carousel and they're going to have to do that whole thing again. And no, right. I don't think they need to do that. They might do it. They might.
1: But and, that, and doesn't, they do, that doesn't solve the problems.
0: Well, well but that's my point. No, that's right. I know. Point, just, right. Yeah. It's like, are they going to stick this thing out with Matt Patricia and see if he can learn? And oh, no, Mac couldn't pick it up. And you know, we got to get rid of a guy like Kendrick Bourne who's talking against the mind, offense Alex. and things like that. Like, I will too. But like, <laughs> if they go down that road, then yeah, this is what they're going to be. This might be the peak for a while. Right. But if they get serious and and they bring in a guy who actually knows offense and knows how to develop quarterbacks, and they bring in that number one target, and they fix the offensive line, which again is a lot, but not impossible to do in one off season, then they can. Be, I, I don't know they're going to be Super Bowl favorite, right? But they can. The, they, the two they, teams I'm giving you, the Dolphins and the
1: Bengals, they can get on that level relatively right. quickly. They just have to put the work in. Well, this is why I get so fed up with Belichick so much lately. I mean, again, it's people call you crazy to critique the guy who's won six Super Bowls, but like things are not going well here right now, and they don't seem to be getting any better anytime soon. Just with the direction things are going. Well, just it's it's self inflicted wounds, right? And, right. What I say to people when they kind of
0: question that, like, how can you, and I'm a, I'm a big Bill guy. I, like like, I, I was ready to see how Cam Newton didn't, I was ready to see how Jared Stidham looked in 2020. Like I was like, all right, right. if Bill thinks it's Jared Stidham, I I don't know. I was not a big Jared Stidham guy to Auburn, but like, sign me up. Let's see what this looks like. Right. What I, people say, well, he won six Super Bowls. Shouldn't that give him a lot of leash? Yes. That gives him a massive leash. And he's using every he's single already inch used it. of right. that leash right now, right? So, right. Dude. This like, yeah. any other <laughs> coach any other coach would have been out of here a while ago. Right. So, that's, that's kind of what... This is where we're... At. Like, this is how far winning six Super Bowls, this is how much leeway it gets you to right. this exact scenario right here.
1: Right. So, that's sort of where it's like, okay, if he's going to continue to bring contrarian bill, then you right. are going to be that average to mediocre team. But if you say, you know what? Maybe I'm not outsmarting each team as I have been for the last 20 years, and maybe things are starting to catch up, or maybe it doesn't work anymore, and you start to copy the blueprint, then you can you know, get over that hump, like we're saying. Um, right. Let's do one more, because um, I saw this a few times, and then we'll get into our college football minute, and uh, we'll wrap this thing up with Boston sports. But do they re-sign Damian Harris, or do they spend another pick on a running back? This came up a few times. Again, Harris has been hurt this season, so his value might be lowered a little bit. So where do you see Harris in the room?
0: Yeah, that factors in. I know they usually don't pay running backs, especially early down running backs. The one thing I wonder, like, he's such a good guy in that locker room. He's a leader on this team. People in the locker room look up to him. They respect him. You know, hard worker, lead by example guy, all of it. They do reward that. Right. And if he's not going to get a ton of money, he's been hurt, right? Do you bring him back on a one-year deal where he can prove he's healthy, give him another shot to go chase that big contract? Like, He's a character guy. He's almost kind of become one of those cornerstone guys right. where it goes beyond the the positional elements of it of, oh, they don't pay running backs. Like this may be a, yeah, they don't, but they pay cornerstone guys and he's a cornerstone guy. That being said, the injury makes it, you know, makes him more affordable. It also means maybe they don't want to give him a roster spot because right. he's not, you know, reliable. I don't know that they're using another pick on a running back either way. They took two running backs last year. They've had success finding, und- found, uh, finding undrafted running backs in the past. If they're going to use a, a, a draft pick on a running back, it, it's irrelevant to Damian Harris. It's a pass catching back. If they're worried about Pierre Strong, but I could see Harris coming back. I, I don't know for sure. I think we kind of need to see how the season winds down here. But I, I wouldn't rule it out either. All right, we need to do one more question. Okay. I've seen this asked. <laughs> this was um, going to no. be. I was just going to do this. <laughs> Go ahead. I've seen this asked a million ways today. Right? They're on a losing streak. Is Mac going to get punished for for yelling at Matt Patricia on the sideline? All of that. People want Bailey Zappi to start so bad. No, he's. I mean, it's possible. If Mac Jones gets hurt in practice. It's possible Bailey Zappi starts. Right. I love Bailey Zappi. He's great. He's, he's great. Cool. I was he's a good telling. Guy. You, I was telling y'all about him at this time last year, and Evan was telling me to shut up because nobody cared. Right. I had Zappy fever before any of you. His
1: he's patient zero of Zappy fever.
0: Right now. You need to get like, they need to get Mac Jones developed. They need to right. get Mac Jones out there. They need to get his confidence back up. They need to get him seeing the field right again. All of it. You know, what's a great opportunity to do that against the 31st ranked defense in the league. Yep. The rest of the season needs to be about Mac Jones, figuring out what the deal is with him. I still like Bailey Zappi. I think he's gonna be a great backup in this league. I think he'll end up being a fringe starter kind of player, Right. Maybe even a step above Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel's been my cop a step above that. He's an That's NFL That's the one thing that Bill
1: still does, does well, is bring in and develop quarterbacks.
0: Right. He's an NFL quarterback. But you've invested too much in Mac Jones. You, you need to figure out what the deal's with Mac Jones. Mac Jones' ceiling is higher. You're, Mac Jones is going to get you where you want to go a lot quicker and a lot more easily than Bailey Zappi. He, he, Mac's the guy. Mac is the guy. We need to stop doing this. We need to stop. love. I, and this coming from, again, patient zero Zappi fever. Fun right. story. It's Max'
1: team. Yeah, I'm with you. I, you gave uh, no offense to you soundness of mind. You gave him, you gave them uh, a lot more airtime than I would. I was gonna pull it up and say no, and then uh, move okay. on. But uh, yeah, again, uh, everything Alex said. Right, it's not you. Know, you got to get Mac going. Still, he's he's the guy. That's their team. Um, thank you all for throwing the questions in. It makes it easy for the uh, the flow of the show to go. Uh, it's good stuff. We're obviously always like to answer those questions. So thank you for uh, for dropping those in, Alex. Let's do college football because yep. it was a very good weekend of college football. Um, it was excellent. It was good stuff. The playoff was announced. We talked about it last week. TCU was ranked third. USC was ranked fourth. There was a good chance each of them was going to lose their conference championship, and they did. Uh, it was not enough to knock TCU out of the playoff. It was enough to knock USC out. They dropped from four all the way to I think seven or eight. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, let's add, let's add let's add into like USC got blown out. Like, right, hundred percent. Yeah, bad. USC got. Got it handed to them against Utah. Uh TCU lost in overtime. So they didn't drop it all. The final four is Georgia one, Michigan two, TCU three. What do you make? Did a you face just see about? this? So what? they
0: just announced the Heisman finalists. Oh yeah, okay. Max Duggan, CJ Stroud, oh, Caleb Williams. Uh, fine. And for some reason, Stetson Bennett's on there. Made fourth no. and not Blake Corum. No. That's crazy. Oh, no,
1: boom. Wow. So first it's of all, funny. it should be Duggan. Yeah, I think it like, might be Max Duggan.
0: One of the most epic quarterback performances I've yeah. ever seen. The guy couldn't stand in between plays. He's taking his team up and down the field. An absolute shame on Sonny Dykes for taking the ball out of his hands late in that yeah. game. They should have won that game. They're have like they giving him the whole A-gap. Third and goal quarterback sneak, right? And then, you know, you don't get the stop late in, you know, TCU should have won that game. Max Duggan, that was a Heisman performance. Yeah, it was year that his team lost. Yes, it's a little bit of a down year for the Heisman. That was a Heisman performance. Matt, they deserve to be in the playoff. Sonny Dice play calling aside, and Max Duggan deserves the Heisman. And get the hell I'm out shocked. of here with Stetson
1: Bennett. Uh, I really thought that when they when uh, when ESPN PR tweeted that they were going to be announcing the finalists tonight on Monday Night Football countdown. And they said, I figured it was going to be three. I thought they were going to do Caleb Williams, is CJ Stroud. They, they, no, because there's been five some years. There's been three okay. some years. Um, cause I know for like the, just the reason I know that is because the year AJ Dillon was in it, he was like the fifth guy in and they had him in. Okay. And then. The Johnny Manziel year with it was Manziel, Colin Klein, and uh, Manti Te'o, so it was only three. So they switch it up. I think it has to do with the voting and when the votes come in and things like that. But well, why is when they on
0: there?
1: Well, when they announced it was four, I thought, okay, Caleb Williams, C.J. Stroud, Max Duggan, and Blake yep. Corum.
0: Blake Corum, maybe Blake Corum.
1: Marvin Harrison Jr. Right, like. But again, yeah, but again, Corum was a guy who was in there till the end, and until he got hurt, I thought, you know, he's he could win if if Michigan got on his back and, you know, went through the big 10 and did it all through him that he could have been, a, he could have won it. Uh, but no, it's Stetson Bennett. I don't know if they have votes in and that's how they do it. But that could mean Stetson Bennett got some fourth place votes in there that Blake Corum didn't. Uh, Man, I just. National champ. Uh, it's, it's like when AJ McCarron made it his senior year too. That well, wasn't. So it's funny. I was thinking this
0: the other day, like, you know, as good as this Georgia team is, they don't have a Heisman finals, right? Right. Is he just there representing Georgia,
1: essentially? That's what it feels like. That's really what it is. It's he it's, should
0: not win it.
1: He there's no way. It, he's not going to win it. It's going to be Duggan or it's going to. It's probably going to be Caleb Williams, but if it's not, it's Max Duggan.
0: I ch- um, it should be Duggan. It it should yeah. absolutely be. I know people get squeamish about the uh, the playoff game determining uh, or, or the conference championship determining the playoff game. And I get that. Right. It should
1: absolutely be a factor when it comes to um, the Heisman. Right. So, again, we'll see. That was good timing that that came out right as we started the minute. Um, yeah, I'm angry now, though. Yeah, it's con- it's bizarre. Um, but, again, so let's, let's transition from Stetson Bennett to the playoff itself. Georgia's going to play Ohio State. Michigan's going to play TCU. Are either of these close games or is it just a crash course for Georgia and Michigan? I mean, Georgia, Ohio State's
0: interesting. Like Ohio That's State I, has a ton of NFL talent. Yeah, and they've beat SEC teams in the playoffs before. They beat Bama right a couple years ago. So, right. You know, I don't know. Especially Max Duggan's banged up. TCU doesn't. TCU's not hanging in there with Michigan. I, yeah. they're probably closer than they've been in the past. Like this is much closer than last year when you had Georgia against Cincinnati. the Michigan team that wasn't ready, and Alabama against the Cincinnati team that didn't belong there. Right. Right. It's much closer than last year. Georgia-Ohio State should be a good game. I think TCU hangs around maybe with Michigan for a half, and then Michigan pulls away.
1: Well, you mentioned Max Duggan being banged up. The thing is, they still have a month to go to these games are played, or at least three and a half weeks anyway. So you have time to get yourself ready. Um, Obviously, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba uh, will not be playing for Ohio State. He declared for the draft today and won't be there. So that uh, takes away from the Ohio State offense a little bit, but that's Marvin Harrison's room now. uh, And they just, again, they... They locked out this weekend um, with USC and TCU, I guess, losing. TCU didn't matter because they stayed it through, but they lucked out with Caleb Williams going down against Utah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I think uh, – do you think Bama got snubbed? Do you think they should have got in? I think if – had TCU not came back from 11 points down in that fourth quarter and they lost the game by 11, I thought there was a realistic chance that TCU and USC both fell out and that Ohio State Alabama could have got in. But again, you mentioned it—the way Duggan brought those guys back on Saturday showed that you know we're not we're not done yet, and they didn't even drop a spot and they stayed at three.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I is Alabama better than TCU, probably, but I think at the end of the day, you need to reward the teams that played their schedule and did the best. And well, the really interesting would have been one would have been if Hendon Hooker didn't get hurt, because if Hendon yeah, Hooker right. doesn't get hurt, they go, you know they probably have one more win. I just, that, that one would have been more interesting to me, but I, I, I think the committee got it right and kudos for them. They, they didn't fall for the cheese of, you know, forcing the Ohio state, Michigan matchup, right? right. They seeded it the way it should have been seeded. Right. So I actually think the committee nailed this one. Yeah, Although did you stuff. see what the 12 team playoff playoff bracket would have looked like? Oh, I think you had sent it to me over the weekend. Yeah, It would. I, we got, we got to get
1: to that 12 team already.
0: We got to get there coming
1: in. What? 24, 25. I think it is. Yeah. Um, so, uh, lastly, uh, let's head on it quick. But uh, Deion Sanders is now the head coach of the Colorado uh, bu- 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 Buffaloes. Is that what their name is? Yeah. Colorado Buffaloes. Scobus. Yeah. yeah. So, it la- sounds like he had an interesting press conference with his team. Basically said, if you want to be here, you can be here. But if you don't want to, pack your bags and get out. I brought my luggage and it's Louie. Uh, I-, I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, it- on one hand, it's-, it's awesome because he's like, I'm making this team – uh dominant with or without you, but at the same time it's kinda like I don't know. Feels kinda like this is my team, not your team when it's supposed to be about the players. So it's an interesting dynamic that Dion brings, but he's gonna bring his son over probably to play quarterback Shader Sanders, who was uh Jackson State's quarterback. He's he's been rock solid for them the last few seasons. So what do you think about primetime going to Colorado? Yeah, I mean I've heard
0: they already have multiple four and five star commits planning right. to sign their they're you know the number one team in the transfer portal. The NIL money's Pie up, pulling in Colorado is going to be a wagon. And let me tell you something when that team's a wagon, it's been a long time. When that team's good, it's good for college football. The you know, old school program, the brand that might be one of the best stadiums in college football. You get the sunset over the mountains there, like you know, them in USC next year, and honestly, probably Utah too, because they just find a way to hang around, like, yeah, last year of like the true Pac 12, true. It's going to be a battle. It's, fun it's going to stuff. Be, There's going to be a lot of good Oregon. You know, it sounds like Bo Nix is going back to school. Uh, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be yeah. fun out
1: West. And like you said too, and then we'll, we'll move on to Boston sports, but just, it's crazy. Like, you know, I mentioned that Dion's kind of sounds like he was degrading the guys a little bit, but Colorado was winless this year. And then they bring in Dion and all of a sudden it's like a literal magnet of five star recruits. Yeah. So like you can't pass that up. If you're Colorado trying to play, go bring Dion in and, Whatever Deion says, I mean, shit, it works, so bring him in. He's a magnet for those guys, so uh, again, prime time to Colorado. All right, let's do Boston Sports Minute real quick, Alex, because uh, Xander Bogarts seems very unlikely to be re-signed by the Red Sox. Uh, Trey Turner was signed by the Phillies for 11 years for like $300 million today, which I guess knocks the Phillies off of the Xander Bogarts list, but I don't know. The the Red Sox seems like they've sort of severed ties there, or Bogarts has sort of severed their ties, so I don't know what to think of this team anymore. I, I can't really do it. Uh, I sort of just put them in the rearview mirror when it comes to, you know, you have the Patriots who at least I cover, so it's like you got to pay right. attention to them. Then you have the Celtics and the Bruins or wagons, and then you have the Red Sox who are just, they just, they just make me mad, man. They just make me mad.
0: Yeah, this is infuriating. Yeah, and yeah. I want Red Sox fans to know something. John Henry thinks you're stupid. Sam Kennedy thinks you're stupid. Larry Lucchino <laughs> thinks you're stupid. High and Bloom thinks you're stupid. You're not. I mean, you might be if you think the Patriots should purposely miss the playoffs, but <laughs> chances are you're not. They're telling you that Xander Bogarts is their top priority, not because he's their top priority. Right. They're telling you that because they know if they tell you that, it buys just enough time for you to buy your tickets for next year and maybe go out and get a new jersey and tune into Nesson and get that Nesson 360 subscription that we're all supposed to be so excited about. And they're lying through their teeth. They have no interest in paying the guy because you know who else was a top priority? John Lester. You know who else was a top priority? Mookie Betts. This is what they do. Top priority doesn't mean anything to them. It's a buzzword. They've never once backed that phrase up financially. And at the end of the day, that's what it's really all about. Jared Carabas had a great tweet last night. They made David Ortiz go year to year, season to season for years yet they gave a bag to Hanley Ramirez and Pablo Sandoval. They didn't pay John Lester and then overpaid for David Price and Chris Sale, right? They didn't pay Mookie Betts and basically gave him away for free instead after telling all of us that their goal was to get him back. They don't mean a damn thing. They say, and Red Sox fans should take it personally. They should be insulted because they think you're dumb enough to fall for that and then still go to games at what is the most expensive stadium In the major leagues. Yep. It's, and and look, it's not even a high and bloom thing. It's all fire bloom. It's not going to change anything. It's not a
1: bloom thing. It's not the
0: owner group. The ownership group thinks we're all rubes and they treat us as such. You should be, I'm clearly insulted Mm -hmm. by the way
1: that they treat us
0: fans and you should be too.
1: You said it. I, I, you, you put it into words for me. I mean, again, it's, it's nonsense. It's, it's stupid. It's sad. They they treat you like crap, and you keep running back. Heck, I'll probably be in the freaking stands next season. But maybe I'm stupid too. I don't know, man. They piss me off. Their fun games to go to. their good hot dogs. But that's about all I got for the Red Sox. If they don't sign Devers, that's the last draw for me. Yeah, Devers is gonna Xander, be the last uh, draw for Xander, me. Xander, it's like this is this puts me to the last draw. Xander's older. You know, you don't know how long you want to pay him. Yada yada. There's the there's at least excuses in there. There's no excuse for Devers. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, one last thing, Boston sports, uh, Bruce Cassidy returns to the CD garden tonight against the wagon, Boston Bruins, 20 and three. Who do you like in that
0: game? I like the Bruins, man. The bees, I, they're, baby. they're proving everybody wrong. They had a big win against the avalanche. It's another kind of statement game. Yeah. I think we have, we have
1: both teams tonight, right? Don't the Celtics play tonight too? Yep. in Toronto. Yep. So Celtics in Toronto, Bruins at the garden. Should be Good fun stuff. Yep. And uh, lastly, we'll go back to the Patriots to be backer because we have Tom Brady playing tonight. Let's quickly close this out. Monday Night Football Picks. Saints are at Bucks. Bucks are five and six. Saints are four and eight. The Bucks are three point favorites at home. That basically tells you that odd makes or, odds makers think they're exactly even teams because they give the home team three points. Barth, who do you like? So first off, I finally
0: got a pick right. Because yes, remember I had did. Utah last yes. week. Yes, yeah, Utah. Utah won. So oh. I, I'm all, I was over twenty something. man. I don't know. Yeah, finally back. I like the Bucks. I think this is the time of year that Tom Brady goes into Tom Brady mode. Yeah, he's yeah. five and six, but he's leading the division. You know, this win gets they get real close to putting it away. Oddly enough. Uh I, I, I think this is when Brady puts the team on his back and drags them kicking and screaming into the playoffs. I'm going to take the Bucs. Saints uh, might cover. It's a divisional game. Might be close. Might get a little scary there, but uh, I'll take the Bucs.
1: I guess I, I, I do like the Bucs as well, but I gave it to you first, and you won last week, so I'll go flip-flop. I'll take the Saints plus three just to keep it, uh, you know, us against us against each other here. So, uh, right. again, let's. Uh, that's that, actually. Um, again, we'll be back on Thursday to preview Patriots versus Cardinals uh, here on Patriots Beat. Uh, Patriots will then take on Arizona on Monday night at 8-15 against Kyler Murray and those Arizona Cardinals. Um, again, follow Alex on Twitter, at RealAlexBarth. Check out all his stuff on 98.5thesportshub.com. You can do the same for me at clnsmedia.com, and follow me on Twitter, at Mike Cadlick. Again, we will be back on Thursday to preview past Cardinals. Until then, thank you guys all for populating the chat for the Q&A, and thanks for watching.